This is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. All right, let's talk wide receiver market here in the NFL. The Jacksonville Jags went out and signed Christian Kirk yesterday. Four years, $72 million that they're giving Christian Kirk. Um, Zay Jones, the Raiders, he's also signing with the Jags. Three years, $24 million, could be up to $30 million if he hits some incentives. DJ Chark this morning signed with the Lions. Only a one-year deal for DJ Chark at uh, $10 million. I think there's some incentives in there as well. Uh, you do have... Devontae Adams, who told the Packers he's refusing to play on the franchise tag. Um, what are the I mean, Raiders going to do with wide receiver and free agency? Nothing? Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson still exists. Um, Is this a that? situation where they're going to go in the draft? Like the USC kid and say, we're going to take another kid like, well, not like, but uh, we're going to go the Henry Ruggs route and we're going to get a guy in the f- first round? They're basically getting backed into that. I mean, right now at the moment, right? Technically, Devontae Adams, you could still trade for him, although I would be shocked if Devontae Adams is not a Packer, right? I, I know he says they're far apart on their deal or whatever, but I'd be surprised if Devontae yes. Adams is not playing I agree. for the Packers next year. You don't bring back Aaron Rodgers and then trade away Devontae Adams. So would be stunned if Devontae Adams is not a Packer next season. Technically, that is still an option. You mentioned Allen Robinson. That's sort of the last tier one wide receiver free agent out there. And then after that, I mean, are we talking, is Marquez Valdez-Scantling oh. now the next best guy? Well, I hope so. Because on the first day of training camp, you know what my report back will be. What's that? He's fast. Oh. Now, he drops excited. a lot of balls. Also, his last but, name's very long. Yes, that's not good on deadline. So I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him anywhere near the team. What about Jarvis Landry? He did get released. Yeah, he did. He was but released. But he is not. So, like, okay, here's the thing. The Raiders need a guy that runs fast down the field. That's not Jarvis Stantling. Landry. Like, that's Marquez Valdez-Stantling. He runs. Guy. Yeah. Like, they need a deep threat in effect. They've got guys that are good at catching the ball underneath and good at catching the ball over the middle. They need the deep threat, which was Henry Ruggs, obviously, is not anymore. Zay Jones never really, I mean, he had some moments, but never really materialized into that. Like, in all seriousness, right now, it's the, for the Raiders. Like, and even Allen Robinson's not, like, a true deep threat, but I think he's good enough that you'd say, whatever, he's the number one guy. But outside of Allen Robinson, it is like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, that's where we're at in terms of deep threats. And so if it's not Allen Robinson, like, okay, let's say they sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Are we encouraged by the wide receiver group or the pass-catching group next year, or is that sort of the same as last season? I think it's the same. Yeah. like I, don't... I mean, I think it's the same. I mean, okay, who would you rather have, Scantling because he can run faster or Jay, Jay Jones? Who can also run faster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I would probably rather stick with Zay Jones. Right. And I don't think there's a material there difference, a between, difference the two. between those guys. Right. So I think that you're if that's what they end up signing, I think you walk away saying you're a little disappointed with that. And you'd almost rather them just draft a guy in the first round. Yeah. But I think there is there is a slight problem with simply sitting out the free agent market and then for wide receiver. Forcing yourself into drafting a wide right. receiver. Because at least if you if you, let's say they were to sign Marquez Valdez Scantling, you can still draft a wide receiver in the first round, right? right? You can still take one if you if you're in love with the guy. But if you don't sign Marquez Valdez Scantling, if you don't sign any receiver of note, right? I'm sure they'll sign somebody is like, hey, it's Dylan Stoner or somebody. You know what like they're that. gonna? You know they're gonna sign? They're gonna sign quality depth. Yeah, quality depth. 
But if you don't sign anybody, then you you basically have to draft a wide receiver in Absolutely. the first round. And that's not a great spot to be in where you have to take a position. A certain position because you didn't do anything in free agency. Even though there is a there is a uh, pretty deep class of wide receivers this year. I don't know how good they are, but there's a deep class of guys that are considered first and early second round picks that you can choose from. But you don't want to be locked into having to take that position because then what happens if you like three guys and they're all gone before right, you pick? Right. And now you're... Are you locked into taking a wide receiver you didn't love just because you have to take one? I think there is a fear there of missing out on even Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Do you take a risk coming off the, I think it was ACL, do you go after Odell and sign him to a short contract? Is he ready to go for week yeah, one? Yeah, ACL. I mean, he'll probably be ready, I would At say, his at the age? latest by October. I mean, if you take Odell, you really have to draft someone in the first round. Because you have no idea how he's going to come back from the ACL yeah. or when he's going to come back. Yeah. I mean, you could. I'm not saying, you, yeah, I mean, low money and low contract. But but is I he think, going for low money? He's still going to get a decent contract, I isn't mean, he? Looking at his Rams contract, it was one year for 1.25. Oh. Well, that was, that was half the year. Okay, so still double though. that and you're at two and a half. Yeah. I think he's getting way more than that. I think Odell is signing for at least $8 million. Even off the ACL? Yeah. I mean, what are, they, what are they just, he's going to take a one-year deal, play for six games, and then think he's going to get more money the next year? No, he's going to sign. Somebody's going to be like, yeah, we want you around for three years. Here's three years. We're, we're paying you for the last two and a half seasons of it. Would you do it if you were them? Um, I probably would. I mean, because here's the thing. If I, if I was in charge of the team, I wouldn't be too worried about winning games next season because I think oh, I'm going right. to suck. That's right. Hold on a second. You right. want them to suck. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna suck. So I wouldn't be too worried about it because I'm not finishing anything better than third. I in forgot. The division. I forgot what your uh, your um, right. So if, I, was in terms if I'm of, doing it, sure, because I, I don't care about next year. I'm gonna go trade for Deshaun Watson too. Because sure, suspend him. Uh, he's gonna be my quarterback in the future when we're actually trying to be good. But yeah, I wouldn't care too much. But it's a fascinating market where the Raiders fit. And also, here's the other part of this: Why the hell didn't the Raiders give up a fifth round pick to go get Amari Cooper? Christian Kirk just got yeah. $18 million. Yeah. And you're telling me Amari Cooper for 20 is too much? You know who's happy with Christian Kirk? Hunter Renfro. Every receiver that plays the game is happy with Christian Kirk today. That guy got $18 million. He, he hasn't even, like, done anything. Yeah. Like, he's been a fine quality depth option for the Cardinals. But he hasn't done anything. And the Jags are like, yeah, come here. Here's $18 million. You're going to be our number one guy. And by the way. Why DJ Chark only get ten million dollars? Also, if why didn't the Raiders give that guy yeah, ten million? Yeah, that was the guy. That was the guy we said after they weren't going to get Devontae Adams. That I think that was Chark was one of the first names we came up with. Right. That that's the guy they should have pursued. Right. What are they? And doing? maybe they did, but one year ten did million they not to go to pay him ten million dollars to give go to yeah to go to that organization. Give him, give him ten and a half. Yeah. Or just do that thing that uh, George McPhee's always like. Well, there's no state income tax. It's like a free house. Yeah. Just tell him that and be like, here's ten. Like what? That why would in all seriousness, why would the Raiders have not offered one yeah. year ten million to DJ Chark? Like no I, I can't unless they're just in love with like six wide receivers in the draft. Which we don't know. Which I guess is we don't possible know yet. here. But I mean one year. And maybe 10 that's million. what this wide receiver situation is. Maybe we don't know, and they absolutely say this is our guy. We're not saying anything, and we're gonna draft him. Right. Uh, sure, which is possible, and maybe you get your Justin Jefferson situation and and Good you're to fine. go. You're perfectly set at wide receiver. But even I mean, even still, if you're convinced you found the next Justin Jefferson and you're going to draft him, 
one year for ten million for DJ right. Chark. I still think you do it, right? Yeah. You still like, yeah. There's no there's no long term commitment. Ten million. I mean, especially after Christian Kirk got eighteen. 18. Ten million is nothing for DJ Chark. I I don't know. It's a fascinating situation. So I'm I'm curious to see here. Now I do want to go back to Devontae Adams. Oh, he I wants. I thought you were going back to Derek Carr, but okay. <laughs> we'll do plenty of because that. Derek Carr's made a lot of. Rest- a lot of money. I've read that in the last 24 hours. Has he? It's all it's all because of Derek Carr. Did he make Zay Jones that money? That's what I'm people are insinuating on the uh, on Twitter that uh, Amari Cooper, Zay Jones, all these receivers that have played under him. Well, they said what's the common denominator? And Amari Cooper, I said Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you go back 3 years oh, and two teams oh, and say people oh, put Crabtree on there? Oh, yeah, there's a big list of receivers of why Derek Carr made these guys all a lot of money. Does that mean that Kyler Murray made Christian Kirk a bunch of money? I mean, if like, you go by with this, the same philosophy. By this logic, we're saying that Kyler yeah, Murray this logic, made Christian Kirk. Yeah, exactly. It, it, when in reality, the Jags being dumb made Christian yes. Kirk $18 yeah. million, dollars, and the Jags being dumb made Zay Jones $10 million or whatever he's going to end up getting out of that contract. Like, I don't think we can look back and say, look at Derek. Zay Jones had what the one big play against the Ravens in week one. Is that what the Jags watched? And they said, Oh boy, Trevor Lawrence can make that pass up to 30 a year. Uh, excuse up me. 30, up to 30, up to 30 total. Yeah. Up to 30 total for Zay Jones. And again, DJ Chark, Thank one God year, for Derek Carr. I would have done that, but on Devonte Adams here, what happens here? Like surely the Packers, do I they think give him sh- a long term deal? Well, I don't think he shows up. I, I had that, uh, quote earlier on Twitter that he's not playing for the tag, and this was interesting when he said something like, I love 12, but this was my time to get paid. That was kind of interesting, given 12 just made $50 million a year for the next three years um, because, you know, they, they're so close. Although, I mean, did Rodgers just assume Devontae Adams would fall in line? Because you're you coming back if you don't have Devontae Adams? Did he not talk to him? I mean, did they not have a phone conversation? Where it was like, hey, man, I'm about to sign. What do you think? What are you doing? I, I don't, I can't believe he thought he was playing on the franchise tag. Yeah. And I don't think he will play under the franchise tag. Yeah. I think he'll not show up. Well, and that's the interesting part because if you're the Packers, I think you just don't do anything. I think if you're, if you're far apart on an extension with Devontae Adams, I think you just don't do anything. I think you just say, you're on the franchise tag, show up. And honestly, you go to Aaron Rodgers and say, listen, this is your team. Go get him to show up. This is your guy. Yeah, get him to show up. Let's go. Where's Devontae Adams, right? Like, I think you go to Rodgers and say, you're the, you You got to make him show up. If he's not willing to show up on the franchise tag, you got to go make him show right. up. Like, because, right, because the other part of this, if you're the Packers, you don't have any, there's no incentive to trade Devontae Adams now. You've got yeah. Aaron Rodgers back. You're not, like, had Aaron Rodgers retired or if there had been an Aaron Rodgers trade, then yeah, tag Devontae Adams and then try to find a trade partner for him and get whatever pick you get Let back. Let him get for him. his extension elsewhere. Right. But now that you have Rodgers back, there's zero incentive to trade this guy. Yeah. And if you're that far if they're that far apart on an extension that's being reported far apart, then you just look around and say, All right, well, we tagged you. You're, you're well, you yeah, and if you don't year. show up, we'll just start finding you fifty right. grand a day. You get fined and you're tagged and we're expecting you to be yeah. here and play on the franchise tag. And listen, if you're Devontae Adams, you're saying, I'm the best wide receiver in the sport. Christian Kirk just got $18 million. Right. You better give me a long-term right. deal. Like, I have no problem if he sits out. But I think no. from the team standpoint. I don't think we didn't have a problem if Carr sat out if no. they made him play on the $19 Absolutely, million. he should. 
Derek Carr shouldn't show up to anything. Right. He should he should not be getting to know. He should go go to no more dinners to get to know. He should Ziggler not be McDaniels. at local parks throwing the the old yeah. pigskin around to do his wide receivers. He start his lockout or his holdout right now until he gets his extension. But if you're the Packers and you're like if you're just looking at this from what the team should do, I think that's what they should do. Force Devontae Adams to play on the franchise tag. I mean, obviously, if you if you can agree to a long term deal, you do it. But if you're far apart and you don't think you're getting a deal done, you play on the franchise yeah. tag. And listen, Aaron Rodgers is back. This is come play for, come play with him, Devontae. Like I, that's what I would do if I was the team. And again, it's crappy for the player. It sucks for Devontae Adams, but I think that's the route I'd be going. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to give away some tickets to Lights FC's home opener on Saturday, plus a official Lights FC warm-up top that has the Press Box logo on it from last year when we sponsored the team. Gotta like it. Yeah. Did we sponsor that team? We did. Remember, we got our, sh- our little uh, logo on the shoulder. Oh, that's right. I got, I got one right here. You can look at it. See? Where's, which shoulder are we on? There, there we go. We're on there the sleeve. There we go. Right nice. There. So, yeah, what did we we'll- give them for that? What what we give him for that? Yeah, we sponsored it, so you yeah. didn't have to give him something. No, we didn't do anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the best sponsorship I mean, you can we, think of. We talked about him on the air about us having a jersey sponsor, but yeah, okay. It was it was a great partnership. But uh, tickets to the that season is a great opener partnership when you it don't is. have to give anything and you're sponsored. Tickets to the season opener coming up um, in a few minutes. But here's a question for you for Bischoff's briefs today: Is UNLV going to be any good next season at basketball? Got to tell me who they're going to get because if they don't get someone, two or three people in the offseason, I don't know how good they're going to be. And that's the key question. And this offseason is probably biggest offseason of Kevin Kruger's tenure as a head coach. I think this one probably going to be bigger than anyone he has in the future because people feel good about Kevin Kruger right now. People are excited about UNLV basketball. They think this year was a success. But if Bryce Hamilton is gone, Bryce Hamilton can't come back. He can exercise his COVID year and play one more season at UNLV. So technically, Bryce Hamilton could return to UNLV. But what the hell does this team look like next year if Bryce Hamilton is not on it, right? If you look at the roster, there are some good pieces, right? Donovan Williams had some really good games. He proved to be a pretty solid number two score in the Mountain West, though after he came back from injury, maybe he wasn't 100%, but Donovan Williams uh, didn't really perform at the same level after coming back. From injury, you've got a guy like Jordan McCabe, really good assist to turnover numbers. You've got Keyshawn Gilbert, a great defender, though didn't bring you much offensively. Justin Webster, Josh Baker, those are some quality depth pieces at the wing. Uh, You've got David Mwaka, Victor E. Walker uh, on the front court. That's pretty good. You've got a good recruit coming in and Kyron Lindsay. Like, there are some good pieces. There's no proven scorers on the team, on the roster for next year. And here's the other part of the question. The last three years of UNLV basketball, Bryce Hamilton has been the best player on the team. They have not come close to reaching the NCAA tournament, tournament. not even on the bubble in any of those years. They have to get at least one player that is better than Bryce Hamilton this offseason because nobody on the current roster is better than Bryce Hamilton. They have to get at least one player this offseason that is better than Bryce Hamilton if they're going to be better next season than they were this year. And in reality, if they're going to make a run at the NCAA tournament, they probably need two. They probably need their two best players are probably not on the roster right now. And that's why this is a massive offseason for Kevin Kruger. Can he find that? Are there guys in I the don't... transfer portal? Are there recruits? Like, they have Kyron Lindsay coming in. Maybe 
He's a top 100 recruit. It's possible Kyron Lindsay could be that. But can really? he find? Eh, we'll see. I mean, he's a top 100 freshman. I would be surprised if he's that good, but it's possible. But can Kevin Kruger find two guys that are better than Bryce Hamilton? And here's the key to when I say the word better, you can't get hung up on scoring. Right. They're very unlikely to bring in a guy that scores more than Bryce Hamilton does. But better does not mean scoring because here was part of the problem with Bryce Hamilton, right? He was UNLV's best player. He didn't add much to the game besides scoring, right? He was at best an average defender, but for the most part, below average defender for his entire career. He wasn't a good distributor, right? He had some games where he had some good passes. He had some games with some decently high assist totals, but he was not a good passer. I think it was of the 52 players with the usage rate of 30% or more in college basketball. He ranked 32nd in assist rate last year. So he was a below average distributor throughout his career at UNLV. He didn't do much to make his teammates better. He got his own shot though, right? He went and scored, which, and there's a ton of value in that. But better doesn't mean a guy that comes in and scores 25 points a game. Better can be a guy that scores 15 points a game, but if he can make everybody else better, right? If we use recent UNLV players, Patrick McCaw, right? If they can find a Patrick McCaw, a guy that, yeah, he can score 25 on any given night because he's a good player, but for the most part, he's going to average 15 points, but he's going to make the rest of the team better because he's average five assists, right? Because he's a good defender because he's a good distributor because he does other things than create his own shot. They need at least two of those guys, I think, Oof. to be a legit NCAA tournament team. And that's going to be tough. I don't know how realistic it is that they find two of those guys. Because those kind of guys, you're competing with a lot of people in that portal. Right. Every team's right. in that portable portal every day. Right. And like, as if you take the recruits they got, or the transfers, excuse me, they got this last offseason, right? A guy like Royce Ham had a very good season for UNLV, right? Was one of the better rebounders in the entire country, right? Royce Ham had a great year. Royce Ham wasn't a good enough second best player to put UNLV in right. the NCAA tournament. Take Mike and same for Donovan Williams, right? Donovan Williams, both of those guys come from Texas. Both of those guys get a more opportunity, a bigger role here, and both show that they're good college basketball players, but not good enough to where, hey, if that's your second and third best player, you're in the NCAA tournament. Take Mike Nuga as well, because this is the other path that a lot of, you know, UNL schools at the Mountain West level can take. You can get recruits from, you know, smaller schools or from other mid-major conferences. Mike Nuga came from Kent State. Mike Nuga averaged, I think it was 18 points per game at Kent State the previous season, but tore his ACL, I think, in January or February of last year. But he's averaging 18 points a game, right? It was a guy that shot really well from three, that got to the rim a lot and finished at the rim. He wasn't that good this year right. for UNLV. He was, I mean, he was a big disappointment. I thought he was going to be much better than he was. And so you're going to have to, if you're going the lower route, you have to find a guy that translates when he comes up. Mike Nuga That's did not to do man. Right. Did not happen. The Cody Doolins of the world. Right. That's going to happen a lot more than a guy that comes in and is really awesome. So it's a huge off season for Kevin Kruger because you've got to find your best player again. And in reality, if you're going to, if you're going to make a run at the NCAA tournament, which I think is a fair expectation, given that we see quick turnovers in college basketball, turnarounds in college basketball, you probably have to find two guys. You probably have to, your two best players are probably not on the roster right now, which is hard to I say. I think that's a long shot. Right. Because listen, who's their best player coming back next year? Donovan Williams. Donovan Williams. If Donovan Williams is your second best player, are you an NCAA tournament team? Who's your first best player? <laughs> he just was their second best player, yeah, yeah, and they weren't. Exactly. So if. And the other thing, I, people have to be warned about Donovan Williams. It's not warned, but. I heard this so much after the uh, after they lost and they were eliminated about, you know, Bryce is leaving, Donovan will be fine. 
It's a big. St- I don't. Th- I agree with you. He can't be the number one player and make the NCAA tournament. But again, it's a big step when people say, "Oh, you're going to be the guy." Well, being the guy is different from being right. the guy behind the guy. Absolutely. And we have no idea how Donovan Williams would do if he was thrust into that role. And if he was thrust in that role, they wouldn't be good enough to go to the NCAA tournament anyway. Most likely. But I, I would tell people that, like, well, he'll be fine. It's like, yeah, he's fine as a two. And he wasn't always fine as a two this year. They continued to look for, you know, who was going to be the second scorer. But to step into that role of one is not easy. Right. If if we go into next year and we're we're even having the conversation about he's Donovan best Williams player? is the best player, then they're in trouble. Yeah, I don't think next year. I don't think there's any chance they're better. No chance at all. If that's the conversations wow. that we're having, so I'm fascinated to see what Kevin Kruger can do this off season because I think this is because here's the thing: if they go 18 and 14 again next year, right, and whatever 10 and 10 eight and eight in the Mountain West, and they you know. Don't make the NCAA tournament. Don't sniff the NCAA tournament. Aren't in the NIT at least. I don't think people are feeling as good about Kevin Kruger after that. No. And if that happens two years in a row, especially when you look around college basketball and especially just in the Mountain West, when you see how quickly coaches can come in and turn things around. I mean, it's been a few years, but Eric Musselman is still the best example of the mm-hmm. high end there of if you, you can do it, you can come in and you can turn things around right away. Effectively, Kevin Kruger this offseason has to find his Martin. I mean, Quince. I think Linder's done a nice job. Yeah, Jeff Linder comes I mean, in his second year. Wyoming's in the NCAA tournament. tournament. Last team in, but they're in. They're in. They're in the tournament. And like you look at what Utah State did, like they got Nevis Kata. Yeah. And Sam Merrill was already on the roster there, but that was their sort of big two. That was that's the you need two players better than Bryce Hamilton. Right. It's the same you need the Sam Merrill Nemish Kata. You need the Martin twins, right? right. You need I don't know that they're both better than Bryce Hamilton, but you need the Graham E.K. Hunter Maldonado. You need right. the David Roddy, Isaiah Stevens. You need the two players that are better than Bryce Hamilton. Right. And that's what UNLV has to find this offseason, and that's going to be incredibly difficult to do because Bryce Hamilton's really good. <laughs> like, yeah. This isn't, yeah. hey, you need two guys better than Jordan McCabe. You need two guys better than the guy who's top right. 10 in your program all time in scoring. Can they actually find that? I think it's going to be difficult. I don't know. I think there's... I think. They'll probably, I think, like, they, I mean, they find might get one, one, right? They might find they one might guy, one and it's like, hey, that's going to be the best player on the team. But then it's, okay, can they somehow, does Donovan Williams if get Donovan better? Williams is still number two, right? How much, gonna, how much more is he going to improve? You're going to need him to be better, and you're going to need Keyshawn Gilbert to be better. Yeah. Like, that's the other Justin part. Justin like, Webster. Right. Like, Keyshawn Gilbert, he's a potential X factor here because defensively, he's excellent. Like most annoying player in the conference defensively will just go steal the ball from guys at times. He's not good offensively, right? He made seven threes all of last year. He had a ton of turnovers, right? He's got to get to a point. If he gets to a point where he's above average offensively, Keyshawn Gilbert could conceivably skyrocket into that. Hey, this is your second best player role, but that's a massive step for him to go from not shooting threes and turning the ball over a lot to all of a sudden trusting him offensively. Gotta, they also got to hope uh, Vic Ewalker can stay healthy. That's a big point, too. That's a huge deal. <laughs> right? Yes. Because I'd like to see him healthy for an entire season. Yes, they, they need him to be healthy. All right, coming up next, Adam Candy joins the show. have seen him at your local YMCA arguing with a U-12 coach. Let's tee it up with Adam. Wait, it's a ref segment? Wouldn't it make more sense if it was a golf segment? Whatever. Let's tee it up with Adam Candy. 
Joining us now is Adam Candy. We're going to try to do something with Adam every week where we either yell at him about referees and make him defend referees, or, you know, sometimes he'll tell us that referees messed it up. Uh, we'll also do some sports gambling. We've got a fun story on that. Uh, and maybe talk about the Yankees whenever they do something fun or dumb or Not whatever. if they sign Freddie Freeman. I'll refuse to talk to him. <laughs> I won't say a damn thing to this guy if they sign no Freddie Freeman. No loss for me. <laughs> <laughs> so... I do want to start with a tweet, though, uh, as our show's resident referee. Uh, this is from BJ Rains, who covers Boise State. And he tweeted, Randy McCall, who's a referee, Randy McCall cost the Broncos at least one seed line. Pretty crazy. Broncos are a number eight seed, while Colorado State is a six. Crazy. Did referee Randy McCall cost Boise State a seed line in the NCAA tournament? Wow, I can't imagine a member of the Boise media sounding like they work for the university. Especially That's guy, just shocking. Especially a guy who left the newspaper to do a Boise blog. It's just unbelievable, Ed. I, I just can't get my head around that. Look, I have been saying for weeks now that Colorado State was the team in the Mountain West best prepared for the NCAA tournament, so it didn't really shock me to see them seated two lines higher than Boise State. They have the kind of players that are going to cause matchup problems in the NCAA tournament while Boise State has a bunch of basically San Diego State juniors. Like, they're essentially trying to play the same grind-it-down game that San Diego State does, and maybe not as well. And again, congrats. You won. You, won. you get to have the crown on your head, but we'll, we'll see how quickly it, it gets knocked off. So, no, I uh, Randy McCall did not cost Boise State <laughs> a seed or two seeds or anything other than five minutes of my life talking about this. I think you're wrong. I think you're completely wrong. It was all Randy McCall. The selection committee sat down and said, you know what, that Randy McCall, he's the reason that Boise State's getting dumped down now. All right, here's, here's the sports betting question I have because there was a story on ESPN yesterday about people that placed – bets on the Tampa Bay Bucks to win the Super Bowl and win the NFC when they were, I think, as high as 60-1 to 1 for one of the bets on the Tampa Bay Bucks. But they did this last week on Thursday, a few days before Tom Brady made his announcement that he was coming back on Sunday. Today, in the Review Journal, uh, Jake Cornegay from the Westgate says that the NFL needs to look into these bets that were placed on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Thursday before Brady's announcement does the NFL need to look into how these bets were made before Tom Brady actually made his announcement? All right. Jay knows as much about this industry as anyone. And so for a sportsbook director to step out and say that is a little bit unusual and gets my attention. Uh, the problem is actually saying that the NFL should look into things, right? Uh, haven't we had enough conversation lately about the NFL being too close <laughs> to sports betting, right? Uh, the fact that, when the Calvin Ridley situation popped up, we sat here and said, well, the NFL has, and I'm not making this number up, seven different sportsbook partnerships. So why are they, you know, why are they getting so deep into bed with sports betting and coming down on Calvin Ridley like this? Well, now you put yourself in a situation where if you're the NFL and you have all of these different sports betting partnerships, how are you going to effectively investigate betting on whether someone, you know, Essentially, someone had inside information on Tom Brady coming back to the Bucs. Here's the other piece I would look at with this. You knew the Buccaneers were going to get a quarterback, right? Like, they weren't going in the next year with Blaine Gabbert starting. So, you could reasonably expect that the Bucs were going to upgrade a quarterback once free agency started. 
just didn't expect it to be Tom Brady. Um, casual better out there if they're kind of reading the story, not sure what would happen if there's an investigation into it. Uh, explain what it would take for, if at all, for the tickets to be nullified. Would, would have an investigation have to prove that, yes, they had inside info? I mean, Jay's pretty uh, stern with the statements here. Or is it just, you know what, if the Bucks go on and win all this stuff, you're going to have to eat the money? Man, this one's a difficult situation. You're going to have to have some serious, serious proof for gaming control to, to step in on this. And that's what we're ultimately talking about here, right? We can talk okay. about the NFL, and we can talk about the, the Superbook. But in the end, what we have to talk about is whether the Nevada Gaming Control Board would step in and void these wagers. And, man, you would have to be able to show some smoking gun kind of stuff mm-hmm. for that to happen, right? Like, you would have to basically show, like, that, you know, the TB12 email list, instead of getting something about avocado ice cream this week, got something about how, oh, hey, by the way, a little something coming down the pipe, wink, wink. You know, uh, that's the sort of thing that we're probably talking about here. Now, that being said, again, I take it pretty seriously if Jay Cornegay is going out in the media and saying something about it, because that's not typical protocol for a sportsbook director. Uh, you think we moved on from the Calvin Ridley news too quickly? Absolutely, we moved on from the Calvin Ridley news too too quickly. Look, we can talk about the fact that there is hypocrisy in the NFL stance on sports gambling, and it's no shock to anybody in Las Vegas sports media, right? We've been doing this for years with Big Raj and him talking about how it's an existential threat to the NFL if we have legal sports betting. And then, of course, they go out and sign every sports book in town to be their partner. That is hypocritical. There's no question about that. But it's no excuse for an NFL player betting on NFL games. This is something that Calvin Ridley has known at the very least from the moment he stepped foot onto a college campus that you don't bet on your own league's games. You don't bet on your own team's games. So I've heard people say that the suspension was too much, that a year was too much for Calvin Ridley. A year was right and, if anything, light for Calvin Ridley because he casually went and bet on his own team's games. Yes, he was away from the team. No, he could not influence what was going on on the team, but there's so much perception to be had here about what legal sports betting means and how close the NFL is to legal sports betting if a player is betting on his own team's games. What information does he have access to? What does he know about how the Falcons are approaching each game? What does he know about other teams? Does he know something about injury situations if he's placing a parlay like he did about friends on other teams? Does he know someone who's listed on the injury report is questionable might not go? Of course, he might not, but the perception is that he might, and that's why the NFL has to come down as hard as it did. Are you surprised the Raiders kind of stood pat yesterday? Why are we sitting here saying that the Raiders stood pat when what we should be talking about is that the Jacksonville Jaguars won the 2023 <laughs> Super Bowl, guys. They won the damn Super Bowl, and, they t- and now my better question is, what are we going to get videos of random parks in Southern Highlands about? Oh, St. Oh, Jones right. is gone. Yeah, that's the workouts right. Are go- the uh, workouts are over, Ed. What's, what know. are we going to do? Well, especially Carr, he's going to be holding out. Who the hell is going to be throwing the ball? Never mind catching it. I'm, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're trying to figure out the Derek Carr quarterback uh, contract. What we should be trying to do is figuring out why the Raiders let Zay Jones walk. <laughs> uh, no, I, guys, it, this was smart by the Raiders. Sit it out. Take your time. 
it's interesting to me that they've been restructuring some contracts too. Like yes. you assume they're going to make a splash on defense, but man, those bills come due. And if you're going to do that, plus do a car extension here, uh, the Raiders could be looking at a cap situation in a couple of years that will make you wonder why they didn't just blow it up and rebuild. All right. Well, I'll leave you. We'll leave us with uh, your Yankee takes. How are you feeling about Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner for Leffa? <sighs> I love me some Gio Urshela. I do. I do. Gio's fun. Like, Gio's funny. Plays good defense. And then I did what Tyler and I always do. I went and I looked at the analytics. And Ed, if you need to take this part of the well, I was going to ask you if you have a nu- if you have a number for me. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if you want to, sure. Yeah, if you yeah. we could do here, Ed, real quick, we're going to do a we're going to do a mini candies chonies yeah, here. I want a number. Okay. Th- this number applies to both Isaiah Kainafalefa and to Josh Donaldson. Three. What is the what does the number three represent with those two guys? Do you know? No, I I don't know. I can guess based on the context here. Defensive, Tyler, defensive runs saved. You're in the right ballpark, but add in the bat. Oh, wins above replacement. Those are they are both three war players from last year. And Gio Urshela apparently was under one uh, in terms of wins above replacement last year. All of the underlying metrics on Josh Donaldson's batted ball stats. Ed, hang with me. Stay with me. We're yes, going to be OK gonna, here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All, of, all of his barrel rate. Barrel rate. Ed, we're talking about barrel. I got rate. Barrel, barrel rate. rate. I know barrel. OK, rate. barrel. Oh, OK. His barrel, his barrel rate was I know barrel uh, rate. Barrel Co- rate. Cody Bellinger solid. doesn't have a good barrel rate. He barely, <laughs> well, he barely I, I, ever barrels a ball up. No, no, no. Hey, the only thing, uh, the only thing Cody Bellinger barrels up is his shoulder against yes, another guy exactly. celebrating a home run. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly why he doesn't barrel balls up anymore. Uh, and I, I assume that uh, the next time I'm back here, we're going to be talking about which of our teams overspent on Freddie Freeman, though. Yes, I think I got a little nervous at uh, Toronto. I didn't know he was Canadian as well. That that kind of threw the uh, wrench into yesterday. And he's actually played for the Canadian national team, but. I still think it's Dodgers or Yankees. I still think someone's going to give him a lot of money, and he's, they're definitely going to give him the sixth year that Atlanta wouldn't give him. Uh, he's de- And for your sake, since I think he's probably going to end up with the Dodgers, he's totally not Adrian Gonzalez 2.0. No, no, he's not. I think it would be a good lineup. All right, uh, last one. Just give us a one-word answer here. Who signs Carlos Correa? Houston. Hey, that's a good one word. He's Adam Candy, resident referee. Adam, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Adam. All right, boys. Take care of yourself. I like that. I like that one word answer. It's going to get me excited over here. All right. That's what you believed yesterday. Uh, two nights ago, I had a two-hour time span where I was on Twitter being like, oh, my God, they're actually going to re-sign him. And then it didn't happen before I went to bed, and I woke up, and it still hadn't happened. So now I'm back to him. He's gone. They're not going to sign him. He's gone. That that was the one window of, oh, it might happen, some weird one-year contract. But now I think that was just Scott Boris trying to make people think Carlos Correa might sign a one-year contract so other teams would come in and be like, hey, now, we'll sign this guy for more than one year. All right. We have a four-pack of tickets to Lights FC's home opener on Saturday. They take on uh, Phoenix on Saturday. If you want to go out and see Lights FC play, we got four tickets for you right now. Plus, you're going to win a match-worn shirt that has the PressBox logo sponsor on the sleeve. Uh, Lights FC match-worn shirt with the PressBox logo and a four-pack of tickets to their home opener on Saturday. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number three at 702 702- 364-1100. 
You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Uh, congratulations to Sean. He won the Lights FC tickets and a Lights FC shirt with a press box logo on it. Um, also, don't forget, we'll be out at the Westgate on Thursday and Friday for the first two days of the NCAA tournament. And go to our website, lvsportsnetwork.com, and find the March Mania Challenge. It'll be on the banner right in the middle. Click on that, register, and fill out your bracket because we've got over $1,500 worth of prizes to give away. That includes mac and cheese for a year for My Heart Mac and Cheese, two-night staycation and dinner at the Sahara, and a pair of Golden Knights tickets and an autographed jersey. We're also now waiting because apparently a fire alarm might go yeah. off. This yes. is very exciting. This is going to be exciting. I'm waiting. It's too bad, of course, if there was a fire in this place. Uh, I don't think there's any of those spot water spouts that like would roll down on us. So we'd In pretty, here? Yeah, we'd pretty much be done if we couldn't get out of this uh, room here. Probably. Uh, Jamie, our engineer, walked in during the break, asked us how much longer we had, <laughs> and then said, okay, the fire alarm might go off. <laughs> so now we're just all, like, sort of looking over our shoulder, wondering, is we're this going to happen fire. Is that the fire to alarm end right our there? show? And I, ho- I hope that is how our show ends. I hope it, I hope it happens. I'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm, I want to yell, Jamie, turn yeah. the thing on. If we get into, like, the last 30 seconds and the fire alarm goes off, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm done talking. We're just going to let that take us yeah. out. That's just going to be our air for 30 seconds. Jared's here. You know the water in those those sprinklers has never moved. So if you ever get that water on you, it is, like, some of the most disgusting I've done enough like demolition of old office buildings, <laughs> getting that water on you. Like you smell. I'll take that over fire. I was going to say, well, would, it, would, it help, would it help us? Not, would it help us not burn? <laughs> yes. It is technically it is. It is water, fire extinguishing water. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully we get a fire alarm here. All right. You, you told us you didn't have it yesterday, but you told us you filled out your bracket. Who's your final four? Well, you told us you filled out oh. two brackets. Like a, I have to think now. You don't even remember? I don't know. One's Gonzaga, Arizona, oh, Kentucky. Man. One's Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, and Iowa. One's that was mine. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah. What was Did one? You steal was, mine, or are you no, misremembering no, no, your own? As no, mine? but but I will say <laughs> I'm a little worried about um, Iowa. Uh, I think in the 16, but I'm not sure who it was. They put um, Kansas in the Sweet 16. Okay, that's that's I guess who I was worried about. Um, I'll, t- I'll leave it at this. One had Kentucky winning it. One had Arizona winning it. Oh, you fed out two brackets and neither one has Gonzaga. Uh, no, but I have Gonzaga in the final four in both. What's the, what's the point of two brackets? Well, we like to give people chances. You pay right. money, but you pay money and you, you do two brackets. One, I, you, one, I just go chalk on. I was going to say, shouldn't go chalk you, on. well, you sound like you went chalk on both of them. Shouldn't you make No, them? like I'm oh. go chalk in the first and second. I mean, I go chalk because it's like, whatever. I know there'll be updates, but I have to have one chalk. Second one, I start. You know, oh, I think Michigan can beat Colorado State. I can the eleven can beat the six. I think the twelve can beat the five. Like well, I Michigan's do those. favorite over Colorado. Wait, you say chalk. What is chalk when I tell you Michigan's a two point favorite over Colorado State? I do Colorado State, it's a higher seed. So you do chalk by seed numbers. Yes, not by seed by numbers. No, by seed Vegas numbers. No, by seed numbers. Okay. I again I'm not winning this thing, but I can fill out two of them. So one, I just go complete favorites, and the other one I try to come up you with. You have the a chalk bracket and Gonzaga's not winning it? I, well, they're one seeds though. They're all one seed. My, my mine's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with. What this. do you have? Jesus. Uh, he has Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Illinois, Kansas, with Illinois beating Kentucky in the title game. Okay. I'm doing this exclusively because I like to watch Kofi. 
Illinois lost their most fun player. What are you talking about? Io Dosumnu was way more fun than Kofi Coburn. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Kofi yeah. is, no. Kofi's Kofi's, like watching someone play against their dad. Kofi's one of the funnest guys around. Yeah, and Io was much better than him <laughs> and more fun.